the Sisters of Silence. The Sisters are the Imperium shield against the threat of psychic annihilation. They are exceptional witch trackers. They're menacing orders, hunting down rogue psychers and warlocks. Each sister is a hardened warrior, surrounded by a soulless aura from which the malign and the eldritch recoil in terror and disgust. Keeping to a solemn vow never to utter a single word, the sisterhood instead pronounces its judgment in bolt, flame and blade upon those who imperil the Emperor's domain. The number of confirmed psychers appearing on the worlds of mankind is growing faster than at any other time. Those able to tap into the power of the warp are capable of great deeds, and the Imperium is utterly reliant upon many different grades of psyche. Yet psychic ability is also a curse for the Imperium and one of the greatest dangers mankind has ever faced. An inexperienced or undisciplined mind is the gateway through which apocalyptic power can pour, and it can engulf an entire world in chaos. These unpredictable, dangerous and unsanctioned psychers are the quarry of an ancient order of hunters operating at the very highest levels of imperial authority. The Silent Sisterhood is an imperial institution dating back to the founding of the Imperium, and perhaps longer, and its warriors are some of the greatest and most terrifying witch hunters in the galaxy. From their widespread spire convents, the Sisterhood's warriors tirelessly carry out their oath-sworn duty to enforce the Imperium's rigid laws on the use of psychic powers and to hunt down those who seek to avoid its dictates. Once a psyker is discovered, the sisters either deliver them into the hands of those who can make use of them, or ensure they can never pose a threat by destroying them. Every sister of silence endures a punishing training regimen throughout her lifetime that enables her to carry out her duties, yet her greatest weapon is the yawning psychic gulf that lies within her. The sisterhood are psychically blank, their entire order made up exclusively of those the Imperium refers to as untouchables. Amongst the millions of Imperial worlds, there are other terms for such rare individuals, many of which speak to the horror their presence generates. A prior and blank, some say, while others whisper hag or soulless freak. Untouchables, or pariahs, are immune to the malignant touch of witchcraft and warp-derived power, and this blessing is a result of a void within them. They are one in a trillion, bearing an invisible deviation that sets them apart from the rest of humankind. Some claim the psychic blanks have no presence at all in the warp. It may be more accurate, as much as anything can be known of the warp, to say that instead their presence is a yawning void, a black pit of nothingness that devours the unlight of the Empyrean. The effects this soullessness has on those around them grants the Sisters of Silence incredible advantages in their unending hunts and causes them to be feared at a base and instinctual level by other, hmm, what should we say, sold individuals. Those without any psychic ability feel their skin crawl in the Sisters' presence. An unsettling repulsion causes even their allies to falter at their approach. To psychers, they are anathema. 
Wielders of war power sense the sisters' soul-draining proximity, fearing and loathing them in equal measure. Bolts of warp flame dissipate before the sisters advance, and fell enchantments unravel. As the Null Maidens home in on their prey, the Psykers' invocations break down and curses die on their lips. The Psykers' connection to the warp itself constricts, and their second sight dims as they suffer increasing pain and terror. Many of those the Sisters of Silence track down surround themselves with bodyguards and soldiery, and they will callously throw every last one in the sister's path in their desperation to escape the horror that they can feel approaching. Those warriors may be mercenary lackeys, thralls under the psyker's mental domination, or those deceived with abominable lies into shielding the witch from their deserved fate. In the eyes of the silent sisterhood, they are just as guilty of propagating their master's sorcery. Though Nominally part of the Adeptus Astra Telepathica, the Sisterhood answer directly to the Golden Throne, and they undertake many actions throughout the Imperium at the behest of the Lord Commander of the Imperium and the High Lords of Terror. At least, they did for a time. First among the Sisterhood's duties include ensuring the Great Tithe is adhered to. Silent Sisters hunt down rogue psychers who have either escaped the Tithe or who have risen to prominence before their powers were identified. They garrison the black ships that transport the levies of psychers back to Terra, their presence ensuring the consignia cannot use their powers. Where planetary governors are lax in rooting out psychers for the tithe or fail to hand them over, Sisters of Silence will investigate and administer punishment without hesitation. Certain carders of Sisters of Silence investigate those worlds not subject to a planetary governor, such as the domains of the Ecclesiarchy and the Priesthood of Mars. Such organizations as these have great autonomy, and it is not unknown for their masters to believe themselves above such scrutiny. Large-scale assaults against covens of psychers, mutants, or sorcerers of the heretic Astartes see the Sisterhood's coldly rational and tactical discipline standing in sharp contrast to many zealous and fanatical warriors who fight in the Emperor's name. The Sisterhood recruits its untouchables from a great many sources, which vary from vigil to vigil. Some have ended up among the Great Tithe. Their worlds are eager to be rid of them as dangerous psychers, members of the Inquisition or far-ranging rogue traders, and some over to the Sisterhood. The rumour persists of genetically stable bloodlines hidden from terror and protected by the Sisterhood themselves. The untouchables begin their gruelling duties as novices, and only once they have proved themselves worthy of the Sisterhood's high standards are they inducted fully. Upon attaining full membership of the Order, every Sister swears the vow of tranquillity, an oath that binds them to a solemn dedication to duty. From that point, not a single sound will pass their lips. The Sisters do not speak. They do not declaim their foes with shouted tirades or cry out in pain. Combined with their feral aura, this muteness in the heat of battle is incredibly unnerving. Instead, sisters of silence communicate with each other via a highly complex and ritualized sign language known as Thoughtmark. Through manual gestures and body language, 
varying forms of thought mark, and can convey deeply intricate concepts or swift battle orders, on the rare occasion that senior Sisters of Silence need to communicate with those outside their order, a prolocker, an acolyte who has yet to take the vow, translates her superior's signs. Little is known of the Sisterhood's origins, but it is believed that the Emperor instigated their foundation at the dawning of his Great Crusade. Bands of these feared hunters operated in the Imperial Palace, where they were granted access to areas forbidden to all but the Emperor and his elite bodyguard, the Custodians. Fragmentary accounts talk of large forces of the Sisterhood setting out from Sol on pilgrimages of vengeance against other hunters of terrifying renown. Whatever heroic deeds they performed, or what psychic horrors they protected mankind from in those far-off days, have been forgotten or are now regarded as little better than apocrypha. In the wake of the Horus heresy and the Emperor's internment in the Golden Throne, the surviving Sisters of Silence were directionless. With many of their order killed, lost, or scattered during the heresy, and the tumultuous scouring that followed, the remaining sisters were spread far and wide across the galaxy. As millennia passed, there were some who believed they had been disbanded, the defence they had provided lost beyond recall. Though the sisterhood's numbers slowly recovered, they were fractured. Most gathered in isolated spire convents and lonely keeps, continuing to fulfil their duty while some undertook solitary crusades, ignorant of the fate of any others of their kind. All of this would change with the return of the Primarch Rebute Gilliman. Gilliman well remembered the value his father had placed on the Null Maidens. With the threat posed by the Great Rift, they were now needed more than ever, and he declared the Dispensatus Anathema, sending out as emissaries those of the Sisterhood who had fought with him at the Battle of Luna. The decree sought to rally and call upon those Sisters of Silence groups who still operated in the sectors surrounding the throne world. As his Indomitus Crusade took shape and the first fleets were mustered, bands of Sisters of Silence converged on terror from every direction. Each isolated group had met different challenges through the generations, diverging to overcome them as necessity dictated. The tactics, characters, and traditions of each group were far removed from each other, but their collective sense of duty was undimmed. The hosts of silent sisters upon terror eventually numbered near 3,000, and Gilliman declared them the Vigil Indomitus. They would be the first in a spreading network of vigils throughout the Imperium, each granted the explicit authority to carry out their ancient duties. The Vigil Indomitus divided into cadres, with each joining the battle groups of the Indomitus Crusade fleets. The Vigil Indomitus established satellite vigils throughout the Segmentum Solar, hoping they would prosper enough to be able to join later fleets of the Crusade. Some of these vigils would not be ready by the time their appointed battle group passed by, beset by calamity or forced by circumstances into striking out on their own. Some would wait in the dark for many years, never to be reached as crusade forces were diverted and delayed, for despite Gilliman's superhuman logistical acumen, as such tragedies of bureaucracy continued to haunt the era Indomitus. Yet, many more vigils joined their appointed battle groups and proved invaluable as their ships spread ever deeper into the beset Imperium. The 
presence of the sisters helped to calm the turbulent warp storms around the battle groups, allowing them to make far greater progress than the group masters had hoped. Contact was made with lost conclaves of silent sisters, those who had unstintingly continued their duty for generations. Where they were found, vigils were established with responsibility to undertake the sisterhood's duty in a particular area, no longer alone, but once again operating with the full authority of the Golden Throne. Some were small, with jurisdictions over a handful of systems. Others could call upon many hundreds of untouchable warriors, and have since grown even further, their spheres of responsibility extending to entire sectors. Now such strongholds of the Sisterhood as the Vigil of Darius Free, the Segretes Nebula Vigil, and the Vigil of Ocean's Belt are known far beyond their borders. Every vigil is granted high levels of autonomy. The number of its warriors varies depending on the area they must cover and the populations of the worlds therein, and some of the largest vigils number in the thousands. Most vigils are based within their spire convent, usually a fortified keep at the heart of their territory, though those that accompany the crusade fleets nominate one of the capital ships as their spire convent. Most vow-sworn hunters spend little time within their spire convents at all, their warriors constantly on the move, transiting between black ships, following the spore of sorcery from system to system, and chasing down fleeing witches. Each vigil retains the colours that its founding sisters developed through millennia of isolation, from the deep blue and bright silver of the vigil of Hrav Ulan, to the bone-white and blood-red of the outer solar vigil. Every vigil divides its warriors into cadres, and each cadre is given a unique designation before taking up the vigil's historic hues. The cadre are company-level bodies, though it is rare for them to ever fight as one. As vigils are bound to uphold the Sisterhood's duties across a particular stretch of the Imperium, its cadre each carry out a particular facet of those duties. Some cadre investigate non-compliance with the Great Tithe. Some are tasked with hunting down those human psychers who have fled justice. In particularly high-risk areas, a vigil will dedicate several cadre to the same duty. The Trevantine Vigil, for example, charged with the psychic purity of the Trevantine trade routes northwest of Nocturne, assign five whole cadre to the garrisoning of the region's black ships, which have allowed them to maintain the high frequency of their tithe harvests. In the execution of their specific duty, a cadre has access to every resource, asset, and piece of arcane equipment at the disposal of their vigil. As contact is re-established with systems and sectors throughout the shattered Imperium and the declaration of the Dispensatus, anathema is made known. More vigils are founded wherever the Sisters of Silence are rediscovered. And there we go, just a quick one covering the Sisters of Silence. I figured I should be, as I've done basically every no known major Space Marine chapter and organisation, except the High Lords of Terror. Maybe I'll do a video on the High Lords of Terror at some point. But yeah, I've covered most other things at this point throughout all the videos, going back years. Yeah, I figured I'd finish up with Sisters of Silence. And I want to just have a chat about them briefly because they're an interesting oddity. So for those of you who are kind of relatively new to Warhammer 40k, to, to the Horus Heresy, to whatever, the Sisters of Silence didn't exist before. And they didn't exist, actually, until the 
Prospero books. So not even during the sort of initial tranche of uh, heresy books. It wasn't till book eight, nine. I think the Prospero books were about like eight, nine, maybe 10, maybe 12, something like that. They were like a couple of years into the heresy stuff. And then the Sisters of Silence appeared. Uh, it was the Council of Nike, uh, Nicaea thing, you know. <laughs> Not Nicaea, Nicaea. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't see that. We don't see what's going on. <laughs> when Emperor Constantine, no, no, different emperor, different emperor. So yeah, like they, uh, they appeared in that book for the first time. And I think they're a creation of Dan Abner. Initially, yeah, they, they, they didn't exist before. So you run into a bit of a problem then because either they're going to get completely annihilated at the end of the Horus Heresy or you've got to find some way of explaining where they've disappeared to. And what they've done, is, at least Chris Wright has done in his books, the uh, Vaults of Terror novel series, which I highly recommend. Check that out in the uh, video. It should be like the fourth video down from this, the Dark City review, and it's the third book of this series. But, oh, actually, no, no, no. It's the Watchers of the Throne, which is a link series, which is happening at the same time as this. Read both. The Watchers of the Throne and the Vaults of Terror. Use my links to do them. I'll put links in the description to help you out. <laughs> and, and try Audible. Get an Audible, because that helps me out as well. Please, I appreciate it. The Sisters of Silence are not in the law, obviously, in any 40k law. And you need an explanation for that, because they're a pretty high-tier organisation. Now, you've got a reason for why the custodians aren't appearing, because the only time they pop out is on secretive missions, right? The only time they leave terror is on secretive missions. And they only deployed, before Gilliman came out, they only deployed in force for very special occasions in secret. Otherwise, they maintained their vigil over the Imperial Palace and the Golden Throne. That was their job. That's what they did. Bish, bash, bosh. That's their purpose. Whereas the Sisters of Silence just disappear. And I like what Chris Wright is doing, reintroducing them into the law or introducing them to the law for the first time and acting like trying to make it an explanation of why they don't exist. So the idea is basically based on those novels, and this is kind of spoilers, there's kind of, uh, at some point, there was um, a move against them by the powers that be within the High Lords of Terror, some political machinations or whatever, and they were basically purged. Their lunar bases were destroyed. They were pushed out. They were scattered. The remnants of them that were left after the heresy. And the custodians appear to have let that happen, which is very odd, right? So that needs some more explanation because it doesn't seem reasonable that they would have allowed that to happen because they would understand the purpose of them. And they're obviously maintaining the emperor's vision of the imperium it was a pretty important thing for the custodians at least on some level it must have been but maybe they were just directionless and leadership leaderless after constantine valdor disappeared after the heresy and everything so i can understand that they're a bit like all over the place they didn't know what was happening and gilliman was there obviously it's like so this happened after gilliman because yeah there's just no mention of them obviously because they didn't exist before so you're in a problem with the law writing where you've got to retcon this group this fairly prominent group of people into the law. They're trying to have it both ways in the law that we've got, in the codexes and so on. And they're saying they, they try and make it vague. So they're not actually saying anything, but they're, they're avoiding any details. But what they're actually saying is, if you think about it, they're saying, one, they disappeared and were scattered, and that's why they don't appear in any... That, that's the explanation for why they don't appear in any other law. And that's why it's important that they're coming back now and Gilliman's bringing them back. So now going forward, They'll be part of the Imperium as normal. You don't have to think of it. They're just like any other faction, sub-faction within the Imperium, right? That's it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it too much. The problem is that at the same time, they say that they continue to do their duties and stuff like that. Because obviously, the question is, if they still existed out in the Imperium, why didn't they do anything? What were they doing? Were they just not doing their duty and stuff like that? What were they doing for 10,000 years? 
the way you get around that, you said that they were still doing their duty. They were still hunting witches and so on. The only problem is part of their duty is to help with the great type. So are you saying that the black ships run by the Adeptus Telepathica and the Imperium in general? Are you telling me that they were still garrisoning? So the Sisters of Silence were broken as an organization and scattered to the winds, right? They didn't exist as, a, as a, an imperial organization. And Gilliman's now got to regather the remnants of these hidden groups that are around, right? These convents of hidden psychers, uh, um, null, pariahs and stuff. But at the same time, you're saying that they carried on helping the black ships, which is like, you know, carried on feeding the emperor the souls of psychers, gathering them all. Like, it doesn't quite mesh. You see what I'm saying? They say at the one hand, they say they disappeared and they've been in the wilderness on the edges of humanity, still doing their duty because they're, you know, they're, they're loyal, noble warriors. At the same time, they also continued to help with the, the psychic tithe, the great harvest. And that's what they're doing now. They're helping with the great harvest. Now, I can understand if, you, if, you want to make, if they want to say explicitly at some point, they weren't doing that. They disappeared into the, the undergrowth of the Imperium, onto the edges of the Imperium. They hid themselves away. This is what, and that's what Chris Wright sort of describes it like in his novels and other people and other bits of source material have said, you've got to explicitly say that they have, they've returned to doing their ancient duties of guarding the black ships and all that sort of stuff. You get me? You can't have it both ways. So, yeah, they're trying to make it both ways, basically, at the second, in terms of the law, as far as I can see. The, inter- the interesting thing with the Sisters of Silence as well, though, is, I mean, for one, the vow of silence thing is stupid, right? <laughs> it's stupid. It's completely impractical and pointless. The, the little mentions of, like, is it a secure bloodline that's creating these untouchables and stuff like that? I like that. It's interesting. It's an interesting take, interesting thought to have, uh, interesting discussion. But the idea, again, Dan Abner, he's kind of, he was one of the main people I mean, they've always been around, I think. I think they've always been around. But he was definitely one of the ones who popular. I mean, they've always been around because the assassins. Yeah, they have always. Pariahs have always been around. But he's, like, for instance, in his Eisenhorn novels. And it's like, everybody talks about how great the Eisenhorn novels are. And they are. And they definitely are good. The problem is the law's moved on from there. And he makes things up all the time, does Dan Abner. And I love Dan Abner. So I love his books and everything like that. But he changes bits of the law. So, for instance, Elizabeth Beckwin. He's tried to justify it in the more recent novels, like they've got a little switch thing, priors have, where they can turn on and off to stop them freaking people out as a way of explaining, because he's made the error of, Elizabeth Beckwin was um, a lady of the night, a, a woman who took pay, you know, for good times, should we say? I won't use the words, but uh, that's what she was. She was, a, you know, a good time girl back in, before Eisenhorn met her, but she was a pariah. And it's like, well, that doesn't make sense, does it? Because no one's going to pay for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you're disgusted on a primal spiritual level by this creature. It doesn't matter how. And, and like, the idea is she was hot, like she was stunning. She's a stunning, like, 20-year-old lady of the night type thing. And yet she's a prior, so she'd never get any clients. You get me? So it's like, you can't have it both ways again. So he's tried to, he's tried to just, like, get around that in certain ways. Because at the minute... <laughs> it shouldn't be able to this shouldn't be able to happen that doesn't make sense because the law has changed and that's the thing with the Eisenhorn books some of the, the you know they were written like over 20 years ago at this point and uh, some of the laws like very off with them and just some of the because some of the things haven't been thought out or really sort of solidly put down like the pariah thing it wasn't solidly put down you get me it wasn't said that they caused this aura of horror around them it was like almost like they just made non-psychers uncomfortable like there was something up with them Whereas psychers were repulsed by them. Now it's kind of, it's gone the other way where it's kind of everybody's disgusted by them on a spiritual level, which makes more sense. Because in the Imperium, as I've said many times, you've got to put away your little 
atheist hat and accept that in the Imperium, in the in the Warhammer universe, the souls are, souls are real, right? Souls are real, and souls exist, and souls and the warp exist, and the gods are real. Now you can call them entities all you want or whatever. They are entities who feed on souls in a very almost demonic manner. <laughs> you know what I mean? They empower themselves by feeding on souls that are sacrificed to them or they slay themselves or they purchase off people by giving them gifts. Almost like demons. That's the metaphysics of the 40k universe. Souls are real. And this just points to it even more. I mean, the pariah gene is literally that. It's a, it's a non-soul, a void within that metaphysical sort of framework. Which is interesting, again, that those kind of things can exist. But that goes... And I was going to start talking about the Necrons, but I'm not going to do that now. I've ranted enough. This is just me having a little rant at the end of the video. Thank you to everybody supporting the channel. Your names are scrolling by as I rant here. You boys are the ones who make this happen. Support the channel and many of you for a very long time. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart, all of you. Really, really appreciate it. If anybody else would like to support the channel, the more support I get, the more I can do. And I hope you have enjoyed the uptick in content recently. I'm doing my best to maintain a certain level of content every week. One, two videos every week. And uh, I hope you have enjoyed that. More of them is coming as well. After this, I'm working on a big video at the minute. It isn't quite finished yet. So expect that very, very soon. It's not Devastation of Baal, but it's going to involve Blood Angels and Tyranids, and it's going to be quite long and fun and interesting. The first couple of lines are amazing. I was shocked. <laughs> it's like, you know, just cool. Just cool. That's the kind of man you want leading a, a gang of a cadre of highly trained, psychotic, indoctrinated killers. And they're the good guys. Remember this. <laughs> the Imperium are the good guys. I'm just ranting now. Oh yeah, so if you if you could help, if you would like to help the channel, please do leave a like and comment in the comments. Leave me a comment. That all really helps with small channels like mine. That all really helps. It massively boosts us up and it's fantastic and I really appreciate that. I'm going to go now. Thank you all. I've just been ranting like a moron. I'll see you later. More stuff coming soon. Interesting stuff. Stuff you'll enjoy as we go into the Christmas period. And uh, yeah, I am hope to uh, get this stuff out to you every week. Something every week. Ta-ra. Bye-bye.